Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. 
Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. your host Ryan Gable and you are listening to the Secret Teachings radio show right here on the Fringe FM. If you'd like to contact us, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. You can find us on social media by searching facebook.com forward slash the Secret Teachings. You can like us on Facebook, comment, share things with us. And our website, www.thesecretteachings.info, where you'll find our full show archive, our montage archive, all of my books, Occult Arcana, The Technological Elixir, and Food Philosophy, three big books on a large variety of subjects, from occultism to disease theory to artificial intelligence to the music industry. You can read reviews of those books all on the website. And, of course, with our archive montages in those books, you can get a package deal with everything for a discounted price. And when you subscribe to get that content, it supports the secret teachings. I feel it supports you from all the great feedback I've received from listeners all over the world. And I know it supports the Fringe FM You can also download the Fringe FM app for free to listen to the Fringe FM 24 hours a day, seven days a week, so you never miss your favorite show. And if you do miss your favorite show, you can always find it on the Fringe when replays uh, broadcast, which are kind of sporadic, but there are always replays of shows on the Fringe FM. I wanted to share something with you tonight that is really the essence and the heart of what this radio broadcast is about. And I know for sure, for certain, that there are very, very small, very limited forms of coverage of this type of subject matter. It doesn't make me a better person, doesn't make me a smarter person. It's just what makes this show unique. You can call it mysticism. You can call it occultism. You can call it synchromysticism. It's the the heartbeat of the zeitgeist, the heartbeat of, of the synchromysticism that circulates around us in the world that we see as the construct of, of our reality. Symbols really rule the world. And symbols have different meanings depending upon the person who looks, attempts to interpret, believes based on some other belief system. You know, a Christian might see a pentagram as evil. A pagan might see a pentagram as something that's more wholesome, if you will. But symbols are seen as 
whether they are colors or animals or lines, whatever they might be, they are seen in endless ways, and there are endless interpretations of what these symbols mean. Naturally, there are energies, and these energies are expressed in the symbols that mankind has taken, have has adopted, and has incorporated into society, into culture, into religion, and various other belief systems, into civilization as a whole. The symbols of the male and the female, the masculine and the feminine, and the various branches of those energies that we can find all throughout Greek mythology, Roman mythology, Norse mythology, Egyptian mythology, and so on and so forth. And so when you study mythology, when you study symbols, you often find that there are those who are fully aware of the myth, of the archetype, of the significance of a certain god or a certain goddess, and they attempt, like all kings and queens and princes and princesses and all the powerful, rich, wealthy people, the world leaders, prime ministers, presidents, and others have done for thousands of years. They associate themselves with these forces. For example, the president of France said that he was going to rule France like Jupiter, or Jupiter, Peter Potter, the father, Jupiter, the god. You have the stories of kings like Marduk, but you also have the stories of planetary bodies like Marduk and the association, as some make, with Planet X or Tiamat. And there are so many different versions of, of that theory and of those ideas. But kings that identify themselves with celestial objects and events, powerful, wealthy, so-called royals that are married or they induce birth of their children on certain days during certain planetary alignments because there's power in aligning oneself with the cycles of nature and the various gods and goddesses that represent those cycles, represent those elements in nature. One example would be the story of Jeffrey Epstein and how Jeffrey Epstein, who owned property all over the world and was running blackmail operations with powerful, powerful people from Hollywood and the fashion industry and government. He was an intel asset for U.S. intelligence, Israeli intelligence, probably British intelligence, and perhaps others. And Jeffrey Epstein had what is probably his most famous compound, his Caribbean island, And on that island, he had a blue and white cubed building with a golden roof. Kind of reminding me of the Greek flag. And it was interesting because around that cube, there were these red lines that looked like boxes and boxes or looked more like miniature mazes, little spirals. And so from that, we can derive that there's an island with a maze. And Jeffrey Epstein was the centerpiece in the maze for which all these young girls and people that were underage, these girls that were being brought to him and 
he was molesting them, paying them to have sex with him. A lot of people, young or otherwise, were agreeing to do this. And who else? Uh, who else was involved? And powerful, rich people from Hollywood, from politics, and just all over the place. It was a cesspit. However, beyond that, the island with the maze and the children essentially fed to Jeffrey Epstein. It is the archetype of the island of Crete and the Minotaur in the maze and the young boys from Athens who were fed to the Minotaur as a sacrifice. Jeffrey Epstein was a symbol of that. Now, whether or not Jeffrey Epstein and those involved with Jeffrey Epstein's intelligence operation, blackmail operation, were aware of those archetypes, I'm not sure. But they represent the incarnation of the Minotaur, the incarnation of the maze and the labyrinth, and the children being fed to this monster. We also find other similar stories, archetypes that, symbols that, mythologies that, and this is usually the case, become national and even international headlines. Whether they're intended to be this way or not, it's part of the mysticism of our world. It's part of the synchro-mysticism, how things just kind of sync up and they connect. On March 12, 2021, the city of Minneapolis settled a lawsuit with George Floyd's family. They settled the lawsuit for $27 million essentially demonstrating that mob violence and that aggressive terrorist tactics, burning cities and destroying small businesses and communities, including black communities and black businesses, and that crime overall actually pays. And it pays a lot of money. It pays $27 million which is very ironic considering that George Floyd was picked up that fateful day in May of 2020 because he was passing counterfeit money. Passing counterfeit money, being arrested, resisting arrest, being on more drugs than the average person could tolerate without dying, and... His family has paid $27 million from the city of Minneapolis. Now, you might think, what does this have to do with mythology? What does this have to do with symbols? What does this have to do with archetypes? And I'm going to answer that question for you right now. If you were thinking that, if you weren't thinking that, you might already know where I'm going with this. George Floyd died on May 25th of 2020. Mainstream media like the New York Times call the video of him being arrested, the body cam footage, they call it a fateful, a deadly 8 minutes and 46 seconds. And I've seen other lengths of video that are longer, shorter, but that's what the New York Times called it. 8 minutes, 46 seconds of, of death, of terror, of racism, of bigotry, of, of, of lynching, of just all these horrible things. But I think it's really important to put some context into this conversation. Some really, really important context that will allow us 
to see that this man's death really doesn't have anything to do with racism as much as it has nothing to do with racism. It's not about that at all. It's about energy. It's about the meme. It's about the ritual. February of 2020, we started to hear more in the United States and around the world. I was covering it in January, late December of 2019, about coronavirus 19. And we heard what was going on in China. Now, besides all of that, we're not going to talk about this tonight, but the timeline is very important. And it relates to George Floyd, and it relates to ritual, it relates to mythology, it relates to archetypes, it relates to meme magic. February of 2020, the Centers for Disease Control recommended masks be worn for anyone with COVID-19-like symptoms in order to reduce respiratory droplets. A few months later, on April 3rd of 2020, seeing the cases rise because of the faulty PCR tests, the CDC urged that the general public wear masks. Now, at first, everybody started to do this. And there were very few people who refused initially. There were lots of people that refused after a couple of months of realizing that flattening the curve in two weeks didn't really happen and that it was all just a dangling carrot and stick. Seven days after the CDC urged the general public to wear masks, New Jersey became the first state with a mask mandate. On April 10th of 2020. So within a few months, masks become commonplace and states issue mandates. One of the things that began with the mask mandate and with people's resistance to the masks was concern for medical issues. People that had medical issues that were related to stress and anxiety autism, skin sensitivity, and a number of other things that were dismissed by the media as a myth. But one of the main things dismissed by the media as a myth were that some people couldn't breathe in the masks. Some people legitimately have trouble breathing when their face is covered for an eight-hour work shift or longer. So the CDC says, wear the masks. New Jersey's the first state to implement the mask mandate. People begin to resist and say, I can't breathe in the mask. May 25th, 2020, George Floyd dies. I won't say he's killed because there's been no conviction or no evidence of that provided yet. So we're going to rely on due process of law. George Floyd died on May 25th of 2020. The next day, protests broke out with the phrase, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And when George Floyd was buried, he was buried in a golden coffin. A black man buried as a god in a golden coffin. There's a story out of Egypt that's very similar to this. And I'm going to share it with you tonight and how it relates to the Great Reset as well. Osiris and Set, right here on The Secret Teachings. There's more after this. Don't go anywhere. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. The Ides of March is the notorious midpoint of that month associated with the death of Julius Caesar and the settling of debts in ancient Rome. Otherwise, it's a joyous gateway into the spring. 
To celebrate the coming equinox, The Secret Teachings is offering a one-year subscription to our show archive, montage archive, all of my digital books, and a free physical copy of one of my books with free shipping in the U.S., all for only $50. If you prefer a monthly subscription only to the archives and digital books, it's also available. Either donate $50 one time for the year or establish reoccurring payments through PayPal on our website at thesecretteachings.info or through the PayPal email rdgable at yahoo.com. This offer can be used to extend a current subscription and is good around the world. Your support truly keeps us on air five nights a week supporting both The Secret Teachings and The Fringe FM. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Do you want to know more about UAPs, the paranormal, conspiracy analysis, current events, and other topics that interest you? I'm Jess Rogie, host of The Rogie Report. Explore the unrevealed every Wednesday night, 6 p.m. Pacific, live here on The Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show. You can find me at Truth Frequency Radio or on my home website, www.kevbakershow.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. The truth is out there. And so are we. KTLK. Digital Broadcasting. The Fringe FM. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows. Keep listening with your host, Ryan Gable. It's March, the month of the spring equinox, Ostara, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. This is David Icke, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. It's time you got acquainted with the real hard truth. This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. Did you hear that scientists recently discovered radio waves coming from Proxima Centauri? Well, I cannot confirm nor deny we are broadcasting from that neck of the woods. You are listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. From parapsychology to pop conspiracy, and from parapolitics to health and esoterica, I'm Ryan Gable, host of The Secret Teachings, and I'll bring you all of this and more five nights a week right here on The Fringe FM. By using critical thinking and objectivity as keys to understanding, utilizing, and appreciating the secret teachings of all ages. You can catch The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM after Joe Roop and Lighting the Void. This is Grammy-nominated recording artist Johnny Cobb. You're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable.
your host, Ryan Gable, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. Last February 2020, the Centers for Disease Control recommended that everybody with COVID-19-like symptoms wear a mask in order to reduce respiratory droplets. They never proved that respiratory droplets or any droplets spread the virus. They proved in countless studies since then that droplets spread, but that they don't actually contain viral particulate. And in the studies they proved that, there were artificial conditions. Now, tonight's show is not about masks or viruses. It's about synchro mysticism. It's about the parapolitical. It's about archetypes and myths and how they relate to the rituals and to the meme magic that dominate our televisions and our news feeds. So the CDC recommended this in February of 2020. In April of 2020, the CDC said because of these rising case numbers of COVID-19 and despite the massive fraud of the PCR tests and the fraudulent tests from China and the ones that were sponsored by Bill Gates and all the money involved, all the fraud, according to even the, the creator of the tests, Gary Mullis. The CDC said the general public should also wear masks. So governors started signing executive orders mandating mask wearing. Now, it doesn't matter if masks were legal or illegal, lawful, unlawful, if people actually had to do them, if there were loopholes and medical exemptions. But New Jersey became the first state with a mask mandate, April of 2020. Now, at first, people were really scared and thought that something akin to Ebola was spreading and that there would be bodies piled up on the streets and blood pouring out of people's eyes and organs liquefying. That actually has only happened with marvelous Marvin Hagler. And that story, of course, has been buried. But we thought this was going to become reality, that our world would turn into something like medieval Europe during one of the various plagues. Now, of course, that didn't happen, but that didn't stop states from issuing the mask mandates and people eventually beginning to resist in large numbers and say, I'm not going to do this. I'm not participating. And so the media, of course, said, well, if you're resisting this, you're trying to make other people sick. You're trying to hurt other people. And the only scientific evidence they could find of this was to say that if you're not sick, you still need to wear a mask. They couldn't explain it, so they said that's because you're asymptomatic. And everybody can be asymptomatic. And that's how they justified it. But even though a lot of these mask mandates had exemptions for medical reasons, it's funny because some of these medical reasons included asthma, autism, if you had skin problems, sensitivities, anxiety, stress, all these things. And one of the things that people began to say was that they couldn't breathe in the mask. So stay with me. I know that a lot of people have this one-dimensional thinking. And as soon as they hear masks, they're either listening because they think it's a mask show or they're listening because they think it's a COVID show. No, it's more complex than that, but it's also very simple once you see the complexity. The CDC issues this. States begin to mandate it. People can't breathe in the mask. And a month after New Jersey, the first state to issue a mask mandate, the month, a month later, one month later, George Floyd is passing around a counterfeit $20 bill and is 
approached by police who were called because of the counterfeit money. This became a national and international story as per what happened when the police and George Floyd came into contact. An 8-minute and 46-second video that changed the dynamic of the entirety of the United States and, according to our media, it rocked the world. Well, the day after George Floyd died, protesters began to chant, I can't breathe. They had t-shirts made, signs, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. Now, that did not start with George Floyd. That began weeks, maybe months earlier, when people realized how irritating, frustrating, and how difficult it was to breathe in a mask while wearing a mask. And right around the same time these states issued these mandates, or began to issue mandates, and the CDC said, hey, everybody should wear these masks, George Floyd dies, wasn't killed. We don't know that. There's no conviction. We follow a due process of law. We don't just convict someone in the court of public opinion because they're white, which is incredibly racist and bigoted. George Floyd died, and the next day, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. A year later, March 2021, a little less than a year later, George Floyd's family settled a lawsuit with the city of Minneapolis for $27 million. $27 million for passing around counterfeit bills. Now, even if George Floyd was a hardened criminal, it doesn't give the police the right to kill somebody. Of course not. It doesn't give the police the right to do any of these things unless the police feel that their life is directly threatened. And even then, they're not instructed to kill another person. That's besides the point. We're not arguing whether or not there was justification in his death or that George Floyd died, a, a wonderful man who was beaten down by a racial, uh, racially unjust system. No, we're not arguing or talking about any of that. What we're saying is the timeline of events is very interesting. Very, very interesting. The Centers for Disease Control says, you got symptoms of COVID, wear a mask. In February. In April, they say the general public should wear masks. A couple days after that, April 10th, New Jersey is the first state to issue a mask mandate. A month later, George Floyd dies. And people begin chanting, I can't breathe, because of what supposedly was said in the video. Now, in the video, I'm going to play it for you. He says, I can't choke, I can't choke, I can't choke. That's different than breathe. He might have said breathe at one point, but he said, I can't choke several times. So I'm going to play that video for you. And it's eerie how similar, in fact, identical, that that chant became to the argument and the refusal, the reason for the refusal, that so many had relating to wearing a mask. All of that came, of course, before George Floyd's death on May 25th, 2020. Now, the next month of June 2020, the World Economic Forum announced 
the theme of their 51st event. The 51st World Economic Forum theme would be the Great Reset. Now, I want to give credit to Leo Zagami for pointing this out. Leo Zagami said that the Great Reset is actually, if you break the word apart, it relates to Egyptian mythology. Now, I don't think they chose that word because it relates to Egyptian mythology, but Leo made an interesting point. And I don't know how substantial that point was to Leo, but it was pretty substantial to Clyde Lewis when Leo mentioned it on his show the other night. And so I did a little bit of digging, and I had all these revelations of, of, of what's going on. That's what I'm breaking down for you tonight. It's going to get more interesting as we go through this. In Italian, the word king in Italian is re, R-E. You can just type it in Italian for king, and you'll get some Google Translate, some other translation. The word king in English is R-E in Italian. So re is king, and set, set is an Egyptian king of darkness. The Egyptian king or the Egyptian god of darkness, of nighttime, of the sun set. Now, this god Set is also known as the dark brother, the dark counterpart, the evil brother of Osiris. He also goes by the name Seth. He's associated with red because of the heat of the desert and because of the vibration, because of the wavelength of red which is often associated with Satanism and diabolic intentions. Set or Seth was the brother of Osiris. And Set or Seth, in the famous story, one of my favorite myths, I talk about it in detail in my book, Occult Arcana, which is on our website at thesecretteachings.info. It's an enormous book, over 530 pages, size 8.5 by 11. So it's like a big ream of computer paper, beautiful pictures, just endless content in that book. I talk a lot about it in the book, one of my favorite myths. Osiris returns to Egypt. And his brother, Seth, Seth, invites him to a party in honor of Osiris. The story is that Osiris was out hunting and killing these great beasts. He was known as the beast slayer. He killed beasts. Now that could reference destructive forces that were a threat to Egypt. It's basically a metaphor. It's symbolic. So he comes back from killing these monsters. Set invites him to a dinner party, an elaborate dinner party. Osiris attends with his wife, sister, Isis. Uh, people snicker and say, wife, sister, what is this? Some kind of weird like uh, incest thing, uh, polygamy with all the wives. It, it, it means like a wife, a sister, a daughter. It, it, it means generational stories and myths. Different cultures have different versions of 
gods and goddesses. They adopt gods or goddesses from other cultures, and so they get passed down, and that's why Isis and Ishtar and virtually every other mother goddess is essentially the same, and every other chief god is essentially the same, and so on and so forth. So Set invites Osiris to this dinner party, right? And they're at the party, and Set brings out this big coffin, and it's a beautiful coffin. It's a golden coffin. And it's lined with all these beautiful gems like lapis lazuli, the blue stone. And offers it to his brother, Osiris. And Osiris lays down in the coffin. And when, he, and when he's lying there in the coffin, and the coffin, the, the chest... They call it different things in different stories. The coffin, the chest, it's a box. It fits perfectly. And so Set, because the dinner party has nothing to do with a celebration of Osiris, it has everything to do with the destruction of Osiris. And so Set slams the lid shut and seals the entrapment he seals the coffin, the tomb, the sarcophagi, the box, whatever you want to call it, with lead, which identifies Set as Saturn. The lead of Saturn, of course, is lead, or the metal of Saturn is lead. And that, of course, the symbol of lead is essentially the Masonic square and compass or the Star of David, which is the four elements because Saturn is God of the material world, God of the four elements, God of the four corners of the world. And that material world is a macrocosm of the microcosm that is the physical body. The physical body is that coffin, is that box, is that sarcophagi that the soul is placed in upon birth, or arguably before birth. So Osiris is the soul. The box is the body. And Osiris is placed in the box, his own will, to get in the box. Set slams the lid down, seals it with lead. And then his conspirators, they take it down to the Nile River and they dump it in the water. Now that is the water of life, the stream of consciousness. So the soul is in the box, in the body, in the river of life, incarnate. Now, the reason Set did this in the myth is because he knew he couldn't kill his brother. His brother is a god, a powerful god, who cannot die. He is immortal. Of course, that means our soul, our spirit, our essence is immortal. It cannot be killed. It cannot die. But it can be thrust into a physical experience in order to learn. So this is a necessary evil that Seth or set is responsible for that he exemplifies. Now, Cyrus, who many of you know is green, is known as the god of agriculture. Celtic people know Osiris as the green man, like those green man carvings on Roslyn Chapel in Scotland. As a god of vegetation, He represents consciousness sprouting out of the material world, which is the binding of the mummy, 
the first mummy being created by Anubis, who is also a guardian of the underworld, a dog or a jackal-headed deity who works with Osiris in the underworld to judge the dead, where they weigh the heart and the feather. The heart, of course, representing the material, what the body wants and desires, as opposed to what it needs, and the soul represented by the feather, which is what is. And the feather weighs less, and your heart is heavy with sin, and it's devoured by this crocodile hippopotamus mashup chimera creature in the Egyptian Hall of Judgment or the Judgment Day of the Christians. Now, how does all of this relate to George Floyd and CDC mask recommendations? Well, Osiris was also called the Black God because unlike the hot desert sand, which was often depicted red, hot, Satan, Saturn, Set, or Seth, the sun set, the weakening of the sun, the death of the sun each night. The black soil was fertile, and out of that black soil comes the sprout, the green, the vegetation, and the rebirth of the god, rebirth of the king. So Osiris was known as the black god, and he was buried in a golden coffin, a golden sarcophagi, a golden box. And he was buried by Set, or Seth, his brother, his dark counterpart. And it's the rebirth of Osiris with Horus that brings light back to the world. The eye of Horus representing the sun, the other eye is the moon, which allows Osiris to see in the underworld to judge the dead. Osiris, his son Horus, is the reincarnation, the rebirth of Christianity, being reborn or being born again. This myth has so much in it, so much detail, you could literally derive most of the significant, important key elements and components of of magic and mythology and occultism from that particular story. And you can see how that story is a foundational archetype for the death of George Floyd and for what has transpired since then. Because George Floyd was a black man who was involved in pornography, hip-hop music. He was convicted of eight crimes between 1997 and 2005. He served four years in prison after accepting a plea bargain in 2007 for aggravated robbery and a home invasion of a pregnant woman, nonetheless. And he was passing around counterfeit bills. Funny enough, his family received $27 million from the city of Minneapolis in a lawsuit that was settled just a few days ago on the 12th of March, 2021. When George Floyd was buried, they placed his body in a golden coffin. George Floyd wasn't really a great guy. Wasn't really someone that your kids would look up to. Wasn't really someone you'd want probably dating your daughter, not because he's black moron, but because he was a criminal. 
Doesn't matter if he's white, Hispanic, Asian, Jewish. He was a criminal. Probably not somebody you'd want dating your daughter. and Probably not somebody that you'd want to associate with. But George Floyd was turned into a martyr. George Floyd, with all the murals and the romanticization of the man, was turned into a god. A black god. Placed in a golden coffin. And buried for all to mourn. And then, after his death, a day after his death, long before that soil was punctured and long before the golden coffin was lowered into the ground, the World Economic Forum announced their June, and in June of 2020, their Great Reset theme for the 51st WEF event in Davos, which took place in January. And it was known as the Twin Summit. It was a twin summit. Minneapolis is the twin city. Indianapolis, the twin city. Where George Floyd died in 2020. And the name, get this, the name of the Great Reset is Re for Italian and Set as in Set or Seth the Egyptian god of darkness, who placed Osiris in a golden coffin, who placed the black god in a golden coffin, in order to take control of the darkness. George Floyd, a black man, martyred, turned into a god and placed into a golden coffin. People said they couldn't breathe, they couldn't breathe, they couldn't breathe because of all the racism and the bigotry But that line came from people who didn't or couldn't breathe, didn't want to wear masks, couldn't wear masks because they couldn't breathe in them. February of 2020, the CDC says everyone who has symptoms of COVID-19 should wear masks. April 2020, the CDC says masks should be worn by the general public. A week later, April 10th, 2020, New Jersey is the first state with a mask mandate. People begin to say, I can't do this because I can't breathe. A month later, May 25th, 2020, George Floyd dies. The next day, people say, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. There's too much systemic racism. And so the black god, George Floyd, is buried in a golden coffin, like Osiris, by Set. And in June of 2020, the 51st World Economic Forum theme was announced. The great Reset. Re is Italian for king. The great king set. The great realignment of the global chessboard. It's an enormous ritual. Chaos magic, sigil magic, black magic, meme magic, archetypes, symbols, and myths. This is what rules the world. And whether or not it's intentionally conducted in this way or it's a mere happenstance... It nonetheless is true. You can take that information and do with it what you will. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. Subscribe to the show at thesecretteachings.info to support us. You get access to the archive, the montages, my books, and more. Email us with questions at rdgable at yahoo.com. Stay with us right here on the Fringe FM. Again, I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings.
This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, somewhere between the normal and paranormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare. Right here on The Fringe FM. Do you like the secret teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a practical, balanced, and unique look at the food industry, vaccinations, the theories of disease, and geoengineering, grab a copy of Food Philosophy. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. All three books can be purchased on the website at thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews from other authors and radio hosts around the world. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Hey, Fringe listeners, Dave Cruz here, reminding you that Beyond the Strange airs live Monday evenings at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on The Fringe FM. BTS is your one-stop shop for the paranormal, the bizarre, and most of all, the strange. Join me and co-host Black Sky Paranormals, Russ Bailey, as we discuss topics such as aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, and much more. Also, we talk with profound guests, authors, researchers from all over the world, and we take your calls live on the air. Go to beyondestrange.com and learn more about the show, guests, times, free registration for our newsletter, merch, and much more. Again, that's Beyond the Strange, Monday evenings, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. And as always, stay strange. The truth is out there, and so are we. KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. The Ides of March is the notorious midpoint of that month associated with the death of Julius Caesar and the settling of debts in ancient Rome. Otherwise, it's a joyous gateway into the spring. To celebrate the coming equinox, The Secret Teachings is offering a one-year subscription to our show archive, montage archive, all of my digital books, and a free physical copy of one of my books with free shipping in the U.S., all for only $50. If you prefer a monthly subscription only to the archives and digital books, it's also available. Either donate $50 one time for the year or establish reoccurring payments through PayPal on our website at thesecretteachings.info or through the PayPal email rdgable at yahoo.com. This offer can be used to extend a current subscription and is good around the world. Your support truly keeps us on air five nights a week supporting both The Secret Teachings and The Fringe FM. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Yoy there! It's Gigi from Shift Happens. Just stopping by to tell you to stop it! Stop that! 
stop that thing that you're doing and redirect all of your attention right directly back here to the Fringe FM. This is Jess Rogie, host of the Rogie Report, and you're listening to the Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. Are you thinking about creating a podcast but don't know where to start? Do you really want to have to learn all this stuff? Individual track processing, enhanced and improved sound quality, edit out those awkward pauses and slips, mix multiple clips and tracks, back volumes, deliver consistent sound, live podcast production, show notes and SEO optimization, episode upload to hosting, live call screening, balance levels and loudness measure broadcast standards, full branding packages, logo design, podcast site, website, no artwork, video and audio production, gotta do video. Or do you just want to get on the mic and get your ideas out there? The Fringe FM team is here to help with all of your podcasting, audio and video production needs. From simple podcast to audio enhancement, our professional production staff will make it easier than ever to create the podcast you desire. The biggest thing is time. A lot of people that podcast don't have time. Time is like a really valuable currency next to cost. It's even more important than money. Why waste your time doing all this stuff? This is what we can do for you. Think about like the hours and the money you're going to have to put into doing all this by yourself. Doesn't make sense. It's going to take you months to launch. If we did it for you, we could do it tomorrow. Visit thefringe.fm, join our team, and get jump started on your podcast today. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. It's March, the month of the spring equinox, Ostara, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Thanks again. Um, This is very refreshing, and I look forward to talking with you more soon, Ryan. Hey, this is Anthony Tyler, author of Dive Manual, Empirical Investigations of Mysticism, uh, website divemind.net, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable, my man. Join me on a journey where getting lost is the only true destination, where happiness is an illusion, where the past, present, and future all coexist on the same timeline. You're listening to The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM, and I'm your host, Ryan Gable. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. Find us on social media at facebook.com forward slash thesecretteachings. And check out our website at thesecretteachings.info. Minneapolis, as most of you know, is known as the Twin City. And this Twin City just paid out $27 million to the family of George Floyd, who died while being arrested by the police on May 25th of 2020. Now, George Floyd was not a particularly nice guy. Between 1997 and 2005, he was convicted of eight crimes, served four years in prison after accepting a plea bargain, for a 2007 aggravated robbery in a home invasion of a pregnant woman. Among other things, he passed counterfeit money around town, was involved in pornography and very hard drugs like fentanyl. George Floyd was not a great man, not because he was black, but because he was involved in all of these criminal activities. Now, If you want to make 
the subject about racism, then you go right ahead and you focus on the color of somebody's skin. But the reality is George Floyd was not a great guy. Didn't mean that he deserved to die by no means. Not at all. In fact, George Floyd should, should have had his day in court. He should have lived. But the argument is not, and the debate is not, and the discussion is not whether or not George Floyd should have been in jail or should have been in court or should have sued the police department. The question is, how did he die? First of all, how did George Floyd die? Did he die because a racist, bigoted police officer put his knee on his neck? Is that how he died? Or are we missing vital information, critical information that could help us to understand what really happened that day? Well, let me help you. I'm going to play the video, the audio, of the George Floyd incident with police. Now, the video is titled, George Floyd Pleads with Officers While Being Held at Gunpoint. Yes, he was held at gunpoint. However, other passengers who were black in the car were not held at gunpoint. They were simply asked a series of questions, and they were let go. See, they didn't resist arrest or pass counterfeit money around or physically fight with the police or if they were on drugs, they weren't exhibiting signs like Floyd was. So let's play the video. Let's actually hear what happened. And then I have the medical examination, the autopsy report of George Floyd. I'm going to play just a minute or two of this video here or there, a couple parts of it, so you can actually hear for yourself what happened. Once we hear what happened, we'll look at the autopsy, and then we'll see that beyond the physical, visual evidence, beyond the autopsy report, and beyond all the news coverage, all the media coverage about Black Lives Matter and racism and systemic injustice, why this story has nothing to do with race, has nothing to do with politics, and how it has everything to do with synchromistic ritualism and how it connects and how it relates to COVID-19, which George Floyd, by the way, was positive for, and the World Economic Forum's Great Reset. Here is the arrest of George Floyd. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm Let sorry. me see your other hand. Please, 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 please. Both hands. So we're 30 seconds into the video. All right, we didn't play 30 seconds, obviously. Time didn't go that quick. But we're 30 seconds into the video. The cops have asked the guy like four times, let me see your hand, let me see your hand, let me see your hand. What do? Put your hand up there. Put your hand up there. Hands on the wheel. Hands on the wheel. See, see, this is what happens when you're tripping on drugs, okay? When a police officer, and I don't particularly like all cops, but I don't hate all cops. Most cops I've dealt with have been nice. However, if a cop comes up to you and says, can you put your hands on the, the, the steering wheel, you don't shove your hand in your pants or in the glove compartment and, re and resist a very simple request. Okay, under any circumstance, especially when a gun is drawn on you because you've been resisting, doing a very simple thing. Put your foot back in. 
Okay, well, when I say, let me see your hands, you put your hands up. Put them so short. You got them? Put your hands on top of your head. All right, so there's the first part of it, the first, you know, minute or so there. George Floyd is just basically, you know, refusing to put his hands on the, the wheel, and he looks like he's, uh, you know, tweaking. And then uh, the police officers ask him to get out of the car, and they decide, you know, we're going to handcuff George Floyd. We're going to put him in the back of this squad car. So let's let's see how that goes. Man. Step out and face away. You're not shooting me, man. I'm not shooting you. Step out and okay, face away. Okay, okay, okay. Breathe, breathe, breathe. Now, his other friend is in the background, another black guy, just kind of taking his stuff and, you know, making sure his shirt's tucked in or something and standing up. And he's not freaking out. He's not flipping out. And the police officer has asked George Floyd, can you please get out of the car? Like a dozen times. Let's hear that. I'm not shooting. Step on the face away. Okay, okay, okay. Please, 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 man. Please, please. I didn't know, man. And so the cop is gently has his hand on his arm and says, get out of the car, 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 get out of the car. After about the fifth time, I'd have beat his ass too, okay? Get out of the car. That's what they're asking you to do. No one else is being beat down because they're black. He's not even being beat down. The police officer has asked him a hundred times, get out of the car, put your hands on the wheel so we can see that you don't have a gun or a knife. They pull him out of the car, pull him out of the car, and they go to cuff him, okay? It's pretty standard procedure. They cuff him. Pretty standard, all right? I've actually been handcuffed. I was handcuffed in high school. I was put in a squad car, not because I'm black. All right, I was Baker acted in high school. I've been handcuffed. Now, his friends are standing on the side of a building by the car, and they're being asked questions by the police, and they're not freaking out. We was getting a ride, sir. I just got my phone fixed. We was getting a ride. I just got my phone fixed. <laughs> Nobody's freaking out. They're just maybe a little bit concerned. They don't want to get arrested for being with him. One guy's getting a ride. The other person got her phone fixed. Just getting a ride too. And I guess that's that's George Floyd's ex girlfriend. So now they're asking for the ID. I get asking them. Can I see some ID? Pretty standard. He goes to get his wallet out. One of the one of the friends. So neither one of these, they might be on drugs, but they're not flipping out like George Floyd's flipping out, all right? So that's the video. That's part of it. And that interaction goes on for a good minute or so. They start protesting that, you know, why are you doing this to George? And, and, and the police officer says, well, when I say to get out of the car, you know, you know, get out of the car, put your hands up when I say put your hands up. Is he drunk? Is he on something? Nah, he got a, he's got a thing going on. Yeah, it's called fentanyl. It's called fentanyl. That's what's going on. Lots of it. Well, he probably does have problems with the police because the guy has been in jail. For, for, for multiple things. The, I mean, he took a plea deal, what was it, in 2007? 
relating to aggravated uh, robbery and assault uh, of a pregnant woman, uh, passing counterfeit bills around. Yeah, he's probably been roughed up by the police because he's involved in criminal activity, not because he's black. If the police were racist and wanted to hang black people, they'd have probably beat the hell out of his ex-girlfriend and this other guy who was just getting a ride. I mean, I would assume so, but they're asking, you know, what, what's going on with him? Is he drunk? Is he high? Because they can't figure out why this guy's flipping out like this. Granted, maybe uh, having a gun pointed at you is not uh, a, a pleasurable thing. So, yeah, that would probably freak somebody out. Understandable. Doesn't mean that you don't put your hands on the steering wheel because you have a gun pointed at you. That's probably the reason you should put your hands on the steering wheel, whether it's justified or not. So then they go to get the guy in the car. Let's play that. Now they're going to put George in the in, in the car. And, they, and they've been fighting with the guy for like three minutes while they talk, the police talk to, one of the police officers talks to his friends. Let's hear that audio. Watch that car. Just make sure no one goes in it. I hear you, but you are going to face the door right now. Listen up. Stop. I was leaving. That's the only thing I'm telling you, man. I'm not a resistor, man. I'm not. I'm not. They've asked him to stand up against the car so they could frisk him. That's pretty standard procedure. And he's flipping out saying, I'm claustrophobic. You know, I'm claustrophobic. Let's just listen to this. I'm claustrophobic. So he's claustrophobic, but he was just in an SUV. He was claustrophobic to get into the police car. This cop is very, very calm. All right, I don't know which cop is talking, but this cop is very calm as far as I can tell. Stop. Can you please stop? Put your hands up. Please get out of the car. Get in the car. Please get in the car. Get in the car. I mean, he's not getting in the car, so he is resisting arrest. I'm not a resistor, man. I'm not. I'm not. You can ask him. They know me here, though. So they're going to frisk him. Uh, man, I'm going to do nothing like that, y'all. Why is it going on like this? Look at my wrist. I'm not that kind of guy. I'm not that kind of guy. Stop. Please. I'm not that kind of guy, Mr. Officer. Please. Stop. Please, man. Don't leave me by myself, man. Please. I'm just claustrophobic. Well, you're still going in the car. <laughs> Anything sharp on you? I won't do nothing to hurt y'all, Mazzalza. No, sir. Nothing. Why y'all doing me like that, Mazzalza? Please, crack it through me for me and stuff, man. I am All they're doing is literally holding him in handcuffs. Nobody's hurting the guy. I mean, handcuffs are uncomfortable, but it's pretty standard. And they're just trying to get him to get into the car. You hear it. It's not, it's not, it's, you know, it's, it's not like they're beating the hell out of the guy, you know, because he's black and they're like, yeah, you could take that black boy. But at the same time, they're like, please get in the car, sir, while they're smacking him with like a baton that that's not happening in the video. So then the cop opens the door. I got claustrophobic for real. Yes. That's why you were in an SUV. About five minutes ago, and didn't have any claustrophobica then. And I'm intentionally saying that because he can't even pronounce words. Claustrophobica. I'm claustrophobic. I got claustrophobic. Now you got claustrophobia. Not cla- you're not. You, you got claustrophobic. 
This guy is tripping hard. Now listen to these racist police offer to roll down the window for him. Oh my God! Did you guys hear that racism? Listen to that horrible racism. I got claustrophobic. Claustrophobic. I got claustrophobic. I can't get in the car. I can't get in the car. I'll roll the windows down. I'll roll the windows down. Just get in the car so we can figure this out. Oh my god, can you listen to that racism? Listen. Dang, man. Listen. I'm not that kind of guy. I'll roll the windows down Please, and put the lights in, all right? I'll put the air on. Stop. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Now you're looking at it. Look at it. Look at it. We can fix Look. it, but not while you're standing out okay, here. Okay, man. So his arm's hurting because of the, the handcuffs. He says it hurts. The cop says, yeah, let me roll down the window for you so you can breathe, and uh, let me uh, adjust that handcuff. Horrible racism. Terrible rate. Look at this systemic racism. Claustrophobic, I got anxiety, and the cop says I'll roll the window down. We're at like two minutes of them trying to get him in the car, and they said it wasn't resisting arrest, but he was resisting being arrested. Okay, let me count to three. Let me count to three, and I'm going in. Please. Let me count to three, and I'm going to go in. Here we go. I'm not trying to win. Here we go. He's not trying to win. His other his black ex-girlfriend, the black uh, uh, friend who got a ride, uh, they've, they've yet to be hung or, or you know, uh, lynched. They're just standing there giving their identification to the cops because they were involved with this criminal uh, who the police were called on because he was passing around counterfeit bills. But no, it must be because he's black. No, if you think it's because he's black, you're a racist, all right? I'm tired of this label being thrown around like it has some significant meaning and it's supposed to make other people feel really bad. Watch the video of what happened to George Floyd and you'll realize it has nothing to do with racism. It has to do with criminal activity, resisting arrest, and a long, long, long history of violent, violent criminal activity. Not just like petty things like passing counterfeit bills. Violent, aggravated assault, multiple jail sentences or multiple crimes, jail sentences, plea deals like this guy is not a good guy. All right. That doesn't mean that someone who was in jail, someone who, you know, had um, had uh, committed a crime in the past can't be rehabilitated. People go to jail for things all the time they shouldn't go to jail for. There's a massive population of people in jail for nonviolent drug offenses. They shouldn't be in jail. In fact, the Trump administration gave a lot of those people a second chance and freed them from prison. And a pre- large, predominant number of them were black. But nobody wants to talk about that because the orange man hated black men, right? And black women. So this is, this is George Floyd. They get him in the car. And let's just listen to how all this comes together. He had COVID, he said. Almost three minutes of trying to get him in the car. 
So the one car who the one cop who said I'll roll the windows down to the car, he goes around the other side, moves the seatbelt, tries to you know grab his arm, and they're not like thrusting him in the car. They're just trying to like a little bit of force to push him in the car. All right, that's pretty standard. He asks to get in the front seat. Yes, we're going to let you in the front seat, Mr. Floyd. Then get in the car. Get in the car. And so now he starts freaking out. And this is the part where the media sharks they they, they start dunnin dunnin. They can smell the racism, right? Dunnin 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 dun 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 dun. Because Floyd has been resisting arrest for eight minutes, and so they try to get him in the car, and they, they push him into the car. Not even violently. They push him in the car. He can't set up. He can't speak. He's got claustrophobic. I don't even know what the hell claustrophobic is. You've got claustrophobia. You know, your brain is just riddled with fentanyl and all kinds of other drugs. They get him in the car, and he starts freaking out. And this is the part where the sharks come in. They start, they start uh, creating a story here of racism. Those are not the screams and the baggings of a black man who is being attacked by racist white police officers. Those are the screams and the noises of a human being on so many drugs that it's really a miracle that the guy was alive this long. Oh, 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 what was that? At 7 minutes and 54 seconds in the video, what happens to George Floyd? Nobody has their knee on his neck. He's not on the ground. He's being placed into a police car for a number of things, including resisting arrest. The cop said, I'll roll down the window. I'll adjust the handcuffs to make it nicer for you. You got claustrophobic uh, anxiety and all these things. So uh, what does George Floyd say? Not being, He's not being strangled, not being choked, not having a knee on it. doesn't have a knee on his neck, but what does he say anyway? I can't choke. I can't breathe, officer. I can't choke. I can't breathe, officer. He's having a panic attack. And then he literally falls out of the other side of the car because he can't set up straight. He asks to be put on the ground. George Floyd asked to be put on the ground. So he was asked. Uh, he was asked to get in the car. You know, didn't didn't do it. Resisted arrest, among other things. Then he's in the car, in the car, and says, "I can't choke. I can't choke." I can't choke. I can't breathe, officer. There you have it. There's the George Floyd video with the audio. I can't choke. I can't breathe, I can't choke, I can't breathe. Despite the cops trying to, you know, I don't know, help him out a little bit, roll down the windows. Now, I have George Floyd's autopsy report. Silly me, the racist white guy I am, I actually got the autopsy report. And here's what the autopsy report says. George Floyd had a number of natural diseases. He had arteriosclerotic heart disease, multifocal, and it was severe, according to the report. He had hypersensitive heart disease, a clinical history of hypertension, cardiomegaly with mild biventricular dilation, and a left pelvic tumor. That's the natural disease. Now, 
non-life-threatening injuries identified. It says no injuries of anterior muscles or neck uh, of neck or laryngeal structures. No injuries of anterior muscles of neck. It says he was positive for the 2019 NCOV RNA by PCR test. And the toxicology report says blood drug and novel psychoactive substances screens. He was positive for 11 nanograms of fentanyl, which is, if you don't know, a lot of fentanyl. He was positive for 5.6 nanograms of norfentanyl. He was positive for 19 nanograms of methamphetamine. He was positive for hydroxy delta 9 THC and a number of their THCs. So he was definitely high, like they asked his friend. Uh, and he was also positive for uh, codeine. And then, of course, they test for caffeine, positive for caffeine, as well as ANPP. Uh, you can read the whole uh, George Floyd autopsy report if you just look it up online. George Floyd autopsy. You read it, uh, there's no severe neck injuries. There's even a section, internal examination of the neck, no injuries of the neck, at least in the way that they were reported. And he was positive for over 15 nanograms of fentanyl, uh, fentanyl and norfentanyl, and methamphetamine and marijuana. I'm not saying marijuana should be illegal. I'm saying that fentanyl is extremely dangerous, extremely deadly in even minor amounts. George Floyd had heart disease, hypersensitive heart disease. It's all in the report. He died of a heart attack. He had a panic attack. That's why he couldn't breathe. Or as he said, I can't choke. I can't choke, officer. I can't choke. He died of a heart disease. He died of a of a panic attack. He didn't die because of racist police officers. Should they put his you know, put their knee on his neck? After all that? Might have been an accident. It doesn't mean that someone's racist because they arrested someone who was resisting arrest, passing counterfeit bills around, and clearly doped out of their mind. I'm Ryan Gable and this is the Secret Teachings. But I want to tell you George Floyd tested positive for COVID-19, and a month after his death in June of 2020, the World Economic Forum announced the Great Reset. You know that Re is Italian for king, and Set is the king of darkness in Egypt, the brother of Osiris. George Floyd was turned into a god, a black god, buried in a golden coffin, just like Osiris. A black god buried in a golden coffin by his brother Set. And the ritual, the death of George Floyd... I Can't Breathe, which began long before George Floyd with mask wearing by the CDC in multiple states in the United States, people are being unable to breathe in their masks, a giant ritual, meme magic, chaos magic, whatever you want to call it, culminating in the Great Reset and the rise of the Antichrist, the rise of King Set and the organized forces of darkness and evil. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Stay with us. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence, but... I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on The Fringe FM. And join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's thesecretteachings.info and The Fringe FM. 
if you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. The Ides of March is the notorious midpoint of that month associated with the death of Julius Caesar and the settling of debts in ancient Rome. Otherwise, it's a joyous gateway into the spring. To celebrate the coming equinox, The Secret Teachings is offering a one-year subscription to our show archive, montage archive, all of my digital books, and a free physical copy of one of my books with free shipping in the U.S., all for only $50. If you prefer a monthly subscription only to the archives and digital books, it's also available. Either donate $50 one time for the year or establish reoccurring payments through PayPal on our website at thesecretteachings.info or through the PayPal email rdgable at yahoo.com. This offer can be used to extend a current subscription and is good around the world. Your support truly keeps us on air five nights a week supporting both The Secret Teachings and The Fringe FM. Have you ever been face-to-face with a police officer and wondered... Is he about to kick my ass? Well, wonder no more. If you follow these easy tips, you'll be fine. First, obey the law. Laws were made for a reason. Think of them as hints. You've heard people say, man, I wouldn't do that shit if I was you. Well, here's some of that shit. Carjacking, armed robbery, arson, selling drugs, buying drugs, stabbing, shooting. You know, you probably won't get your ass kicked. If you just use common sense. If you jump a subway turnstile, you might just get off with a warning from the police. But if you jump a turnstile carrying a loaded gun and smoking a joint, then maybe you need your ass kicked. When an officer approaches your car, be polite. Is there a problem, officer? And stay in your car with your hands on the wheel. What the fuck do you want, motherfucker? Want more of The Fringe? Check out thefringe.fm for more information on your favorite shows. Also, don't forget to check out The Fringe mobile app or the other ways you can tune in through the Paranormal Radio app and TalkStream Live. Where the normal and paranormal collide, it's The Fringe FM. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings.
I'm Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero Radio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. The number one killer of black Americans is abortion. But we can't talk about that, can we? The number one killer of black Americans is abortion. According to statistics published by the Statista Research Department in June 2020, 429 civilians have been shot by police in the United States between 2017-2020, broken down by race. 88 of 429, according to this data, were black. As of June 4th, 2020, 88 civilians who were black were shot by police. 88. Now, should they have been shot? In some cases, probably. In some cases, maybe not. I'm not sure what happened in all of those cases. I'm not going to pass judgment based on people's skin color because I'm not a bigoted piece of trash. However, if we look at the data, black people predominantly die from abortion. And a very small number of black folks are killed by the police. And the few that are killed by the police, it's a very small number. The few that are killed by the police are killed usually because they're involved in some type of of criminal activity, resisting arrest, assaulting the police, grabbing a knife, grabbing a gun, just like, you know, strung out white people do or strung out any people do. Okay, it's not because they're black or white or any other color. According to the U.S. Department of Justice back in 2011, just one example, data from the FBI Supplementary Homicide Reports looks at homicide patterns and trends in the United States from 1980 through 2008. Statistics in this report detail homicide trends by age, sex, and race, including homicides of children under the age of 5 and of persons aged 65 or older. If you read this data, it says the homicide rate doubled from the early 1960s to the late 1970s, increasing from 4.6 per 100,000 U.S. residents in 1962 to 9.7 per 100,000 by 1979. The homicide rate declined sharply from 9.3 homicides per 100,000 in 1992 to 4.8 homicides per 100,000 in 2010. So homicide rates have drastically dropped since drastically rising in the 60s and 70s. From the 1990s to 2010, they dropped drastically to 4.8 homicides per 100,000 people, according to the Department of Justice and the FBI. Based on available data from 1980 to 2008, the victimization rate for blacks, 27.8 per 100,000, was six times higher than the rate for whites, 4.5 per 100,000. The offending rate for blacks 
was 34.4 per 100,000, almost eight times higher than the rate for whites. Now, here's an interesting little statistic. White people comprise roughly 60 or so percent of the U.S. population. Black people, black folks account for about 13 to 14 percent of the population. Black people are the victim, 27.8 out of 100,000 people, times. A number six times higher than the rate for whites, 4.5 for 100,000. In fact, the victim rate for white people and the offending rate for white people is identical, 4.5 per 100,000. White people commit crimes at the same statistical rate or number as white people are the victims of crimes. However, although black people account for 27.8 of 100,000 cases of victimization, and it doesn't necessarily mean racial victimization, black people account for 34.4 of 100,000 cases, or 100,000 people, but 34.4 of 100,000 uh, uh, offenses are carried out by black people eight times higher than the rate for whites even though white people comprise 60 plus percent of the population blacks about 13 to 14 percent this is just raw statistics doesn't mean if you're black you're a bad person or you're white you're a good person it's about people that you know commit crimes and people that are they're not good it doesn't matter with the color of your skin males represented 77 percent of homicide victims and nearly 95 or excuse me 90 percent of, of offenders uh there's no uh me Too movement for that. Men, the hashtag, I created a movement called Men Too. Uh, 90% of, of offenders are male, uh, but 77% of homicide victims are also male. White, black, doesn't matter. The victimization rate for males is 11.6 per 100,000, three times higher than the rate for females. Uh, men don't get any special treatment, though. The offending rate for males is 15.1 per 100,000, almost nine times higher than the rate for females. Now, by that number, should we say that men are inherently violent? Am I violent because men predominantly commit more, more crimes than women do? No, just women commit different kinds of crimes. Men were four times more likely to be murdered in 2008 than females, and males were seven times more likely than females to commit murder, males in general. So I find it interesting if you actually read the, the, the FBI data on that, you find that black people commit far more crimes than white people, like at a percentage that's eight, eight times higher. I mean, you have a better chance of being killed by a black person than you do a white person or even a cop, for that matter. doesn't mean black people are bad. It just means statistically, representing 13 to 14% of the population, black people account for 34 of 100, out of 100,000, 34.4 roughly, of 100,000 of these types of crimes are carried out by... Uh, by black folks, particularly black men. And men in general are the, 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 the typical victims of these kinds of things. Blacks were also the victims at 27 or so out of 100,000 people. Uh, of those cases, uh, they, those were black folks. And is it because they're being targeted by evil whites? Well, it's impossible according to the data because... According to the FBI's data, and this just goes back to 2008, we can expand on it, but according to the FBI's data and the Department of Justice's data, white people 
were 4.5 out of 100,000, they were six times less likely to be the victim than blacks. Blacks were six times higher than white people to be the victim. But the offending rate for blacks is substantially higher than the offending rate for whites. Meaning that, depending on the community that you're in, a lot of that black death and black offense and black victim, it's coming from black communities. Uh, And it's coming from places like Chicago, uh, Baltimore, big cities. It's coming from black-on-black violence, black-on-black crime. So you go through and you read the number of, 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 of statistical reports from the FBI, the Unified Crime Report, hate crime statistics in 2018, and you find, uh, based on bias motivation, just bias motivation, 59.6% of victims were targeted because of their, their race, ethnicity, etc. They break down racial violence, sexual violence, etc., 47.1% were victims of crimes motivated by offenders as anti-black or African-American bias. 20% were victims of anti-white bias. There's a very large number of people that don't like white people either. And you've probably seen in the news recently this onslaught of attacks on Asian people in places like New York City and others. And you probably saw this series of, 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 of attacks, of assaults, of violent crimes carried out against Asians. Uh, six Asian women who worked in massage parlors in Atlanta were killed in the past few days. And the media said it was because of white people, uh, despite the fact that although black people comprise 13% of the population, they've committed almost a third of all crimes against Asian Americans. Uh, white people comprise about 62% of the population, committed about 24% of crimes against Asians. In fact, black people are far more likely to commit crimes against Asians than white people are. So it's definitely not a white supremacy situation, but you're not allowed to, to ask those questions, make that comment, or talk about that. Now, why does all this matter? Well, it matters because we have narratives that have been painted, that have been constructed, realities and, and things that have been framed that are, that are fake, that are false. And I've said for for a couple of months now, uh, about a year, that Black Lives Matter is a Marxist organization based on what their founders said. Patrice Kohler said they are Marxists. They are ideological Marxists. Now, Marxists, they believe in perpetual class warfare, a never-ending state of conflict between people based on race, religion, uh, whatever it is. It could be anything that divides people. Patrice Kohler's has also dressed up like the angel of death and performed a bizarre ritual in, I believe it was Los Angeles, in front of the Tree of Life, mimicking the descent of Lucifer into the garden and the corruption of mankind. That's on video. And she said she was praying to the Iyama Ayi, which goes back to African tradition, it's a Yoruba term of respect describing a woman of African ancestry who is an Ayi, A-J-E, someone who holds biological, spiritual, and cosmic arcane powers, basically a witch. Iyami is the mother. So in praying to the Iyami Aji, 
Patrice Cullors is literally praying to the mother goddess, the mother witch of certain African traditions, including Ifa, I-F-A, Ifa, which if you study Ifa, you find that in the Ifa tradition, the Ifa religion uh, belief system, they have a belief in uh, that their gods you know, have no gender, and that relates to Marxism. They believe in a, a form of communal ownership, which connects with Marxism. And they have 16 principles in the Odu Ifa, which is the uh, literary compilation incorporating the experiences of priests and their clients with, uh, with different stories of what they've experienced and done in this divination system. They have, they have 16 major books, 16 principles, which happen to align with the 16 chapters of Black Lives Matter. They believe that you shouldn't display your wealth and that you should share everything. It's Marxism. And to call on the spirits to stand on the blood of the fallen and to pour out libations to those spirits. In other words, form a spirit cooking. And Black Lives Matter says that their goal, and they've had to change their website because of this, because people like myself and you have pointed this out, their goal is to eradicate the family structure, to eradicate Western civilization, to get rid of men, even though the group was supposedly founded upon the death of Trayvon Martin. And George Floyd was black, but they say they want to get rid of Western prescribed family values. If you just read what they say, you'll realize it has nothing to do with black people. And the only thing it has to do with black people is using and exploiting black people to advance a political ideology, a collective hive mind Marxist ideology. And they use racial tension, racial divide, and racial subjects as a mirroring tool to project their racism, their bigotry on anyone who disagrees with their collective hive mind Marxist ideology, which is the essence of Marxism to create perpetual class and other forms of warfare between the civilian population while the wealthy and the powerful continue to get even more wealthy and even more powerful while promising the masses all these wonderful things that never come about except the mass extermination and death of everybody, whether you're black, white, Christian, Jew, Muslim, doesn't matter. The state is God, you won't own anything, and you will like it, Klaus Schwab says. Great Reset. The Great Reset, it's interesting, re is Italian for king. And Set, of course, is an Egyptian god, also known as Seth, of war, chaos, and storms, the brother of Osiris. Osiris is the green god of the green man also known as the Celtic Green Man, the great hunter like Orion in the sky, Canis Major, the dog that follows, Sirius, the dog star like Sirius XM Satellite Radio. And one of my favorite myths, Osiris returns to Egypt from killing these monsters and these beasts, which is a symbolic story. He comes to this party by Set, that's held by Set, his brother, and instead of being greeted at the party with fanfare and maybe some good food or something, um, his brother offers him this wonderful chest, this wonderful, beautiful, golden coffin that Osiris lays down in 
and when he realizes it fits him perfectly, Set slams the lid shut and seals it with lead and then dumps it into the Nile River. Of course, there are some details here that explain exactly what is happening. Lead is the metal of Saturn. The, uh, the astrological symbol of Saturn is the cross, which is the material world, the four corners of that world, the four elements, which are comprised in the uh, and exemplified by the Seal of Solomon, the hexagram, which when you connect the lines to the seal, the symbol of lead, you get that hexagram. If you remove some lines, you get the symbol of lead, which is the metal of Saturn. Saturn is, of course, Satan, God, purveyor of the material world. Set, or Seth, is God of the material world, God of chaos and war, God of storms, God of the sun set, the red God. Osiris, on the other hand, is the black God, God of soil and fertility, God of vegetation, also known as the green God. Osiris is you, Osiris is me, our soul, our spirit, immersed in this beautiful coffin with all these pleasures known as the human body. And it's placed on the river Nile, connecting to the Milky Way, as the Egyptians saw it, the river of souls, the river of life. The story proceeds as the coffin floats down the river and Osiris has risen as a pillar in the temple of a Syrian king, a prototype of the story of Moses being raised in an Egyptian palace, a very similar Moses placed in the reed basket to uh, stories of uh, Indian uh, mystery schools and initiation, uh, similar to the story of Anubis being placed into a basket by Nephthys, the sister of Isis, who helped Isis look for the body parts of Osiris when he was later in the story chopped up into 14 pieces, the 14th piece, of course, the penis, which was missing, which was turned into the obelisk. And that's been used in ritual murders, the killing of the king that was King Arthur or Camelot of Camelot, uh, John F. Kennedy. If you go to Daly Plaza, you'll see the 14-piece obelisk there with the flaming torch uh, that you'll find in Washington, it never goes out, and that all relates to the ritual killing of the king, which is an agricultural festival, and it relates to, of course, wheat and bread and wine and the Holy Communion Eucharist. So Set knows he can't kill his brother. The devil knows he can't kill the soul, but he can trick the soul. And so Set tricks Osiris, puts him in the coffin, and this is symbolic of the, the sun and the, the moon, the darkness and the light, and constant battle, constant conflict, whether it's in our mind, whether it's the daily rising and setting of the sun, the horizon, Horus, the god of, the hawkhead god of, um, of Egypt, son of Osiris, reincarnation, a rebirth of Osiris. Osiris as the god of uh, blackness, good blackness, soil, placed into a golden coffin by his brother Set, in order Set to rule the kingdom. Let's break it down real quick. February of 2020, the CDC recommends masks be worn for anyone with COVID-19-like symptoms to reduce respiratory droplets. They never found COVID-19 in respiratory droplets. They just assume, it's a theory, it's an assumption, 
officially in medical literature. It's an assumption. It's a theory. When they did find COVID-19, as they call it, COVID-19, what they say is the cause of a so-called disease that is no worse than any other so-called disease. It's the body's detoxification process. They found that droplets can spread up to 26 feet, MIT said. So they assume that those droplets contain contagious particles. But in cases where they found the particle in the, in the drops, they were highly artificial conditions. So the CDC says just wear the mask. It's to really help prevent the spread of something if you're sick with it. That's if you have symptoms. In April of 2020, the CDC urged that the mask be worn by the general public. A couple days later, on April 10th of 2020, the CDC got some support from states like New Jersey that issued a mask mandate, the first statewide mandate. New Jersey issues this mandate, and other states begin to issue similar mandates. Now, they offer exemptions for medical reasons, of course, and there's a lot of talk about the Americans with Disabilities Act and HIPAA, health uh, privacy for your health information. Businesses don't care about the law. They cared about the executive order, and now the executive orders in states like Texas have been removed, and businesses say, we don't really care. We're going to try to force you to do this anyway. There's going to eventually be a lot of lawsuits against big companies, but some companies will leave you alone. They just hope that you acquiesce and comply to the experiment, to the shame mask, like 18th century shame masks, or they hope you comply to the sadomasochism, the shaming and the pleasure derived from other people's pain. One kind of pain that people are experiencing and have been experiencing since they began wearing the masks is that they couldn't breathe very well. And immediately the media said, no, that's a myth. And I thought, that's crazy. How can you say it's a myth when I put it on and I have trouble breathing in it? And then you have doctors that say, no, it's a myth. You can't breathe. And it's a myth if I cover your nose and your mouth and I choke you that you can't breathe. That's just a myth. Total myth. It's funny because some people can't breathe in a mask. Some people have breathing issues and they're not supposed to wear a mask. That's not a myth. But a month after the state of New Jersey issued the first mask mandate, May 25th, 2020, an infamous day for some people and an infamous day for other people and for different reasons, the eight-minute-plus video of George Floyd's arrest became an international headline. And people from all over the world watched what our media said was a lynching by the Ku Klux Klan of an innocent black boy who was just trying to go downtown and pick up some groceries or something like that. You know, just taking a stroll. And here come the racist clan members who want to beat him into submission because he's a, a black guy. They don't like black people. When in reality, police officer asked George Floyd multiple times to put his hand on the steering wheel, put his hand on his head, don't reach in you know the glove compartment, basically. Don't reach for a gun or a knife. And they didn't know what the guy was doing because his other friends were in the car. One was getting a ride. One was his ex-girlfriend who just got a new phone or something that she said in the video. And they were, were not freaking out. I mean, they were a little bit ra- frazzled. I and mean, Anybody is when you deal with police. They were a little bit frazzled, but they didn't get beat. They didn't get hung. They didn't get a Jesse Smollett-style noose put around their neck. 
you know, and bleach poured on them. They stood by the wall and got out of the car and got their stuff and answered the questions and gave the police officer the information he asked for. And he said, is George Floyd, is he on something? Is he high? Is he on drugs? And his ex-girlfriend said, ah, he's got something going on. And the cop said, what do you mean he's got something going on? That was the actual video. And then they handcuffed him and they're very gentle with him for about, you know, 90% of the video. And then they frisked him. And the whole time he's saying, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. I got claustrophobia. I got claustrophobia. And they started to put him in the car. And he refuses to get in the car, so now he's resisting arrest on top of everything else. And they try to put him in the car, and he says, no, I got cause for me. I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. The cop says, well, I'll roll down the window for you. I'll roll down the window for you. And he says, the handcuff's hurting my hand. And the cop said, well, just sit down, and I can't get it at this angle. Sit down, and we'll adjust the handcuff. So they get him in the car, and uh, as they're getting him in the car, he starts not even really being touched. I mean, the cop was trying to, like, you know, preventing him from getting out of the car. They're trying to, like, keep keep him in the car, and he pushes himself out the other side, and he starts freaking out, and you hear uh, you hear that him say he can't breathe. He can't please choke. I can't choke. I can't breathe. And then, as he falls out of the car, he says he wants to be put on the ground. I want to be on the ground because, see, George Floyd was having a panic attack. George Floyd, according to the autopsy report, not only did he have heart disease and heart problems, George Floyd was on methamphetamine, he was on marijuana, he was on fentanyl, 11 nanograms of fentanyl, uh, 5.6 nanograms of norfentanyl, 19 nanograms of methamphetamine, also on codeine and some other stuff. There were no injuries of the muscles in the neck, according to the autopsy report, uh, and otherwise no injuries very uh, really at all on the neck. Just uh, standard, uh, standard things that you might see uh, anybody have. That's according to the autopsy, which also saw that George Floyd was tested for COVID-19, for which he tested positive. Now, I think it gets interesting... If it wasn't already, right about here. People couldn't breathe with the masks, right? May 25th, 2020, long after the mask mandates, long after the states began to fall into line, long after the CDC said wear a mask and people said I can't breathe and doctors said that's a myth. On the 26th of May, 2020, protests broke out and people said I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe because they were told that's what George Floyd said and even though he said I can't choke, I can't choke, I can't breathe, it was because he was having a panic attack. He was freaking out because he was tripping on something, on a number of different things. The cops are trained. They knew that immediately. That's why they asked his friends. They knew he was freaking out. That's why they handcuffed him and were trying to put him in the car, and he was resisting arrest. And that culminated March 12, 2021, a year later. We'll go back to 2020 in just a moment. But his family was awarded $27 million by the city of Minneapolis. And you know what the city of Minneapolis is called? It's called the Twin City. You know what happened in January of 2021? The Twin Summit. The Twin Summit in Davos, where the World Economic Forum discussed the Great Reset. Great Reset being run by Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab and Prince Charles, the Red Dragon. They announced the theme of the Great Reset in June 
one month after George Floyd's death. So you had April mask mandates begin. People couldn't breathe in the mask. A month later in May, George Floyd died, and the protests begin where I can't breathe, I can't breathe, are shouted and put on T-shirts and stickers and signs and social media posts. And a month later, the World Economic Forum announces their Great Reset. And as Black Lives Matter began with Antifa to burn down the country and did have some peaceful protests, their aim was to destroy the nuclear family structure. Their aim was to destroy men. It's according to their own papers, their own beliefs. It says that in their own papers. That was their goal. Destroy men, which is weird because the black community has been decimated by the lack of fathers in the home. But they want to destroy men and destroy the family structure and create communities where women are in charge and where villages raise children. And where you live in a more communal style of situation. And it's funny because that's what the World Economic Forum said, that you're going to own nothing and you're going to like it. And this Great Reset can be defined as the re, which is an Italian word for king, and set the Egyptian god of storms and chaos. You saw the storm of QAnon and all the Q people rounded up and arrested. The mass arrests were, were real. And you saw the chaos and the war that followed as it persists today in 2021. And as that's unfolding, the Great Reset is unfolding, Set is now king of the world, the rise of the Antichrist and the global government, and it begins with a cult ritual of masking and social isolation, meme magic, sigil magic, and chaos magic of George Floyd, who was not a particularly good guy, who spent many years in jail, committed many crimes, violent crimes. And George Floyd was turned into a martyr, a black god who was buried on June 9th, the month the World Economic Forum announced their great reset. He was buried as a black god in a golden coffin, just like Osiris, the black god, was buried in a golden coffin by his brother Set. King Set. From masks to George Floyd, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. Having your breath being taken away. When it was in Genesis, God breathed life into the nostrils of Adam. The breath of life given to you by God has been taken away, snuffed out by the forces of darkness, forces that we can identify, those that are attempting to summon and conjure King Set or King Seth. The Great Reset. Conducting this through ritual murder, chaos, and war to summon this God, to summon this force and this energy, lying and deceiving and manipulating the masses of people, taking information out of context to distort reality, to create illusions, and having people chant, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, about a fictitious story when they actually couldn't breathe because they had masks on. A giant, massive, enormous, dark ritual to summon the forces 
of evil to reshape and redesign the world and turning over the essence of what makes you human to these dark forces with no balance in the light. So once that sun sets, it permanently sets. But there is a spark of life maintained, known as the Osirian seed in each and every one of us. And when you watch the Floyd video, when you read the autopsy report, when you pay attention to the statistics and the science behind masks, not being able to breathe, and you read the crime statistics for racial crime and things like that, you realize... That it's all one giant ritual, one giant invocation, one giant magical incantation run by chaos magicians, black magicians, those that use sigils to control the subconscious, symbols to control the subconscious, creating a false golden god to raise the god of the dead, to reset king set the world to reset the global chessboard i'm ryan gable and this is the secret teachings on the fringe fm thank you all so much for listening tonight i'd appreciate your support if you go to the secret you subscribe to the show there to get access to the full show archive you get access to the archive the montages all of my books in digital form And a physical copy of one of my books in this, the Spring Equinox, the month of March, Ostara. It supports you, the network, the Fringe FM, and the Secret Teachings. RDGable at Yahoo.com, thesecretteachings.info. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. And we'll talk to you on the next broadcast right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting. The Fringe FM. Take care. Time may be up for tonight's broadcast of The Secret Teachings, but don't worry, you can still catch us Monday through Friday right here exclusively on The Fringe FM. You can also subscribe to the show and montage archive while grabbing my books at thesecretteachings.info. To get in contact with us, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. Stay tuned to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.